should we do right now this election? Obviously, big election, more people voted than ever before. And now it's contested here and there and allegations being thrown around and one side says one thing, the other says the other. What should our response as believers or even just what should our response as general upstanding people be to this controversy that's currently taking place? What I will tell you to me, what's going on today in the United States, first and foremost, we need to remember this, is about the church. If the church doesn't wake up, if the church doesn't stand up, if the church doesn't become a moral voice, if the church doesn't pray, then I don't think the government really matters. And, and I believe that God is orchestrating what's going on in the nation partially, and again, this isn't any particular denomination or religious organization, but partly as a wake-up call to the church. How can I know what's best for the church and for the future? I might think I know. I might think electing a particular candidate is going to bring better influence in terms of morals, in terms of abortion, in terms of et cetera. I might think I know that, and, and so I'm holding out for that, and I'm pressing hard for that. Well, somewhere in there, there's got to be a surrender to the sovereignty of God. So, so we start at that level, and, and I, you know, I, I think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, where they say, you know what, you can throw us in the furnace, and uh, if we die, we die but our God is able to deliver us. We need that kind of faith. So that's, that's the first thing is just to step back and accept the sovereignty of God. But there's also another piece. When I look at Ezekiel twenty two thirty, God had a will to bless the land, and he specifically said that he wasn't able to bless the land because there was no man, there was no intercessor. So I'm, I'm not of this fatalistic, predetermined, uh, predestined type of a viewpoint where, well, it happened, it must have been God. There are many kinds of things that, that happen, not, you know, be, not necessarily the will of God. So at some level, God may have been calling the church, calling specific people to vote a certain way or to do certain things, to stand up and to press in and we were lazy, or it didn't happen, or, or again, you get into the, the vicious counterplay, and we, you know, one side convinced the other side, just because it happened doesn't mean that it was the will of God. So that's where a lot of times people get, you know, it's like, well, it looks like it's happening this way. It's all fatalistic. I'm done. I'm, I'm just going to quit praying. I'm going to quit voting. I'm going to quit being involved, et cetera. And the answer is no. How, how can you go there? I'm going to continue to stand up for righteousness. I'm going to continue to stand up for what is moral and right and continue to be a voice. If that voice is overruled, I'm going to assume that God is doing some kind of work in the church, but I'm going to continue to stand and continue to fight, continue to work. And I think it is all about the church, and I would like whatever the outcome to be to make things easier for the church. But when I was thinking about this and I was just talking with my wife about it, 
oftentimes the best way to prune the church or to encourage growth in the church and have healthy growth is through intense persecution. And so as much as I don't want to admit it, maybe God's plan could involve a type of persecution to wake the church up to a point where it can be healthy again. Do you have any thoughts one way or the other on that one? One thing, totally off from what you're saying, but I just want to say this to start. It's not all about the United States. That's the truth. Now, the United States is a big player, but it's it's about the gospel around the world. So when you're saying what you're saying, well, wait a minute, let's let's step back, get another perspective, et cetera. And I should have been clear, I was actually trying to reference the way that the Christian church is in the U.S. specifically, because it is vastly different in different places that you go. Because I know you've spoken all over the world, and it is vastly different, a church there versus here, even though we have the same belief. When you look at some of the peace treaties that happened with, between Israel and the Arab nations, and et cetera, there's some interesting stuff being orchestrated around the globe right now. And, and so, you know, you and I are looking at from growing up the church in the United States. Okay. You know, that's important. And that's a small little piece. But that's just one small little piece. So for us to understand this big picture, uh, unless God tells us, good luck with that. And what about in Revelation where it doesn't talk about a superpower like the U.S. anywhere in the description of the end? What do you think that means? Is that, well, there's no more U.S. or we're so inconsequential that it just, we have n- we're not even worth being mentioned? Uh, that's a very real possibility. You know, in terms of when you look at Scripture and you look at what appears to be unfolding in end times, you don't see an obvious reference. To me, there's there's one reference that could sort of maybe lean towards the U.S., or you could go back to, um, I remember David Wilkerson, for those of you who remember him, he, he referred to New York as Babylon, you know, and the, the new Babylon and et cetera. And so, and, and you actually had, in fact, novels written about that and et cetera. So there's different things that you could try to symbolically read in. But that's another thing that, okay, as we head towards the time of the end, will the U.S. even be playing a significant role? We don't know. I think it's good to remember then we're not as important as we think we are, and we're just a small piece in a very large picture. And God wants, God wants to wake up his church around the world. I mean, this is, this is about a worldwide church. This is about a worldwide move. And, you know, you and I need to play whatever role we can play in that and press forward. And yes, if that ends up being persecution, uh, if that ends up whatever that, that looks like, it's about the church waking up, standing up, proclaiming the name of Christ, proclaiming the, the work of Christ. I mean, that is what it's about. So how can we here in the U.S. pray with a more global perspective? What would be a suggestion? I don't know. Um, Let me just start here for, and I wrote about this in a recent blog, uh, for at least 150 years. The U.S. has been a huge sending nation in terms of missionaries. What's interesting is the message that's going out from the United States as effective as it used to be, or is the message that's going out from United States missionaries 
you know, is it kind of like uh, we've we've gotten kind of soft spiritually? We've gotten to where our message has become more United States and less gospel and et cetera. So maybe God's looking at this and going, a better gospel can go out if it's raised up from this third world country than if it goes out from the United States. I mean, these are kinds of things that you and I, we don't have their perspective. We cannot know. We cannot answer these kinds of things. So the only way that we can know how to pray for this is to hear from God, to be led by God. Now, what I would love to believe, I've heard for decades that God was going to raise up an end-time revival. My hope, my prayer is that there's an end-time move of God raised up in this country and that this country continues its mission of literally being a force around the globe for the name of Jesus Christ. That's, that's my hope. That's my prayer. I, I aim towards that. That's what I want. That's what I desire. But some of these other kinds of things that I've been putting out, you, you have to step back and understand that what if we are that unhealthy? And in a lot of ways, the selfishness, the arrogance, the, you know, some of the other kinds of things that you see, you know what? We're not necessarily as healthy in the church in the United States and in the presentation of the gospel as, as I would like us to be. I think that's a good wake-up call for us to remember to pray the will of the Lord. And if we don't know it, we can just ask for the Father's will to be done and uh, continually seek what he's wanting in the word. And we just want to thank you guys for joining us today here on Effective Heart Change. We hope this has been useful and illuminating to you. And again, we always want to point you back to the word. If you have any other questions, please feel free to submit them to the podcast. You can do that at EffectiveHeartChange.com, or you can do that at LiveFreeMinistries.com. There's a section there, totally anonymous, and we can answer your questions as best as we can here on the podcast. Thank you very much, David, and we look forward to you folks joining us next time.